0: cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com you're listening to the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast
1: this is paul hawksby and annie jacobs and this is the h&j daily with some of the Best bits of this afternoon show. We were joined by former Wales and Lions skipper, Tottenham fan. He did a bit of football. He was interested mm. on Tottenham, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he? was. Very Sam Warburton, of course, we're uh, talking yeah, it's about. Yeah, talk, a good talker, good man. Uh, we had a bit of a chat about various we things. did, yes. didn't we? Yes, we talked. Yeah. And uh, your obsession with mastermind continued. Well. And we set you some questions as well. A new specialist subject for you. Yeah, Probably one I of your best, it. actually. Well,
2: not too bad.
1: Yeah. So I think that should do you. Here it all is. <laughs>
2: afternoon everyone and good afternoon Andy. Good afternoon Paul and I see that Todd Bowley has got rid of the Chelsea groundsman and his son who've been there for 30 years. Yeah. So he's basically fired everyone except the one person he should have fired. It's brilliant <laughs> isn't it? Well done. What's that the manager? Yeah. Oh okay. <laughs> have they said why they're making a the change? the pitch um, not look up um, a scratch? Uh, people were commenting that the pitch didn't look right for Saturday. I didn't notice it myself but it looked alright but um, yeah. I mean, you can only really tell when you're down at pitch level and the way the ball runs and Presume they're not happy with it, so you know. But he's been there a long time, so he certainly has. Now. I remember
1: him from my well, time. Yeah, yeah. he's been so, there that
2: long. Yeah. What can you do? Sad news about Soccer AM, isn't it? I mean, it is.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, you could say it's had a sensational run. Oh it's yeah. It, it's interesting. The kind of. I'm sure Andy Goldstein will be chatting about it after mm. four as one of the presenters sure Max Rushton's long asleep where he is these days so we're not we mm. may try and we'll try and get a bit of a um, reaction to that for you this afternoon we're working on that but it is sad news after it is. so my, many years is, it is an institution
2: my old producer Andy Harris was the first producer of the, the, the sort of there was a version of it before it became the Soccer which A&M, Russ you know. Williams was yeah. the host of when it the, first Tim, started. the Tim and Helen version uh, was, was him and he basically worked with me a couple of years yeah. on fantasy football and, and you can and he no longer, the, yeah, no the longer go- was the gooner
1: hand. in the gala, yeah. as he was not he was he? yeah And i
2: met one of my best friends and he used to invite me to uh watch the the show go out on saturday so it was good times yeah um what else have we got here uh oh yes okay I, mean, I didn't tell you this <laughs> it was great on saturday i was leaving the ground and uh, you know people were. you know, went to the chelsea game chelsea not the Ed. brentford game you no, couldn't Chels- squeeze both in no, i couldn't chelsea everton and uh You remember Everton's first goal was given by the referee's watch and all that and the technology. So one bloke leaning the ground said, oh, no, I don't think it was over the line. (laughs) 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 They've got a watch, they've got the technology. It was definitely over the line. It's gone wrong once, hasn't it? Although it was that kind of, it was
1: a bit of an outlier, wasn't it, because of the circumstances Mm. of it. But, uh, yeah, once once that watch vibrates. Mm. I mean, if, if it's the sort of watches that we all wear, maybe it's telling him to
2: stand up or drink. More water. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. haven't stood up for an hour. It yeah, says to free. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Could be. That's always the danger. And Spurs fan, this is a letter to the Sun today. Spurs fan Antonio Conte. No, Spurs boss. He's definitely not a Spurs fan. <laughs> He's definitely
1: not no, a Spurs, Spurs fan. Spurs. <laughs> I, I'm beginning to think he might be an Arsenal fan. I think he might be Agent Conte, which would explain a great deal.
2: Honestly, these letters are so, this spoke so naive. He says Spurs boss Antonio Conte he was well within his rights to give his underperforming players a good slagging off. Yeah. What's he supposed to do? Just accept mediocrity. He just wants the team to be winners. You <laughs> Talk about naive from the halfway line. <laughs> <laughs> mate it's amazing isn't it
1: naive uh, from the halfway line very good
2: yep uh anyone anything else i've got i've got some, more, some brilliant clive myries for later oh
1: okay yeah you've become slightly obsessed as we know with mastermind mm. and, and clive myries uh, explanations of the specialist subjects you think they're a bit they're a bit obvious Mm. So we'll have we'll have a few more of those for you a little bit later
2: on. And there's a lovely bit of tabloid ease in the paper this morning. There's a story about two wives of an ice cream tycoon who are locked mm. in a fight over his will. Yeah. And uh, it says uh, it says <laughs> this is the report. There's the, two children, Rob and Rosanna, were entitled to a generous scoop of his money. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's nice. The wife claimed the ex-second marriage was flaky from the start. Beautiful. And there was a coldness about it, it was all brilliant isn't it so this well could go done.
1: on for 99 years <laughs> have they been doing a little bit of
2: that yeah probably
1: um, I mean, I think he's got a £4.7 million pound fortune, they say, so I mean, I, I can only imagine he's got that pitch outside the Houses of Parliament.
2: <laughs> where, yeah,
1: yeah. Where you pay about 35 quid for a cornet <laughs> and you want any sauce on top. they to be about doing a extra, lot of business this afternoon, extra, I think. <laughs> about an extra fiver, they probably will be. Yes. Yeah. So, um, it's a lot of money in ice cream.
2: And I see that Race Around Across the World starts tonight on BBC, and this is basically a programme that we invented many years ago.
1: We had an idea. We were working <laughs> in TV development <laughs> and um, at the same we'd been working on a show with, and, and chatting to the late great Tommy Doherty mm. and uh, Tom had this line didn't he I, I, we talked. We were talking mm. about Scotland at the World Cup <laughs> yeah. and um, we said what do you reckon and then Tom said horn before the postcards
2: yeah, so really
1: right. we just <laughs> thought that's a good name for a TV show. It's a great show. idea for so a show. So we, we tried to set up this idea, which is basically race across the world. But you'd go to these places. Yeah. You'd post the postcards. Yeah. I mean, it was all thought out. We were going slightly stir crazy in a room, trying to come up with TV <laughs> I ideas. it was good. But then you'd have you to had get to
2: beat the postcard. You'd have to get home.
1: home before the post. and did would have to be cheated. You'd have to have that shot of sort of Bob and Marjorie running down the street <laughs> with backpacks on, just as the postie was coming the other way, whistling. You know, and you think, oh, they're going to meet. Then. Next door's dog has to go at the postie. I mean, it was all very contrived, but yeah. you know what no. on telly isn't. Let's be honest. I know. Um, but anyway, yeah, race across, across the world, and it was us. We, we thirty did. years ago, yeah. never got. No one would touch it with a barge pole, <laughs> and quite like right most too. Of the things
2: we came up with, I think
1: that is almost certainly <laughs> true. Uh, two players uh, retiring mm. today. We wish them well, uh, Meza Erzil. Yes, uh, and Manu Adebayor and I think only one of them will get a good reception when he goes back to the Emirates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think only one of them will be doing the Emirates <laughs> yeah. Stadium tour. I'd say that's true. Yeah, I very mean, it be great. That would, I mean, you know, if you're very secure in your future, which I guess mm-hmm. Arsenal might be at the moment, mm-hmm. you might invite Adebayor back. <laughs> and So he's in the club blazer. He takes you around the ground. Then he does his infamous knee slide. Oh, Go on, bad. do it for that's us, Manu. Run from happen. one end, run from one end to the other. But no, I think it's unlikely. But good luck to uh, to both of them.
0: The being. Jacob's Daily Podcast. Now, if you
1: listen to the show on a regular basis, you'll be aware of Andy's obsession with Clive Myrie, mm. uh, the excellent host of Mark. Oh, we love Myrie. him; he's brilliant. We love Clive, but mm. um, he is duty bound. He's only reading an order it's not, you know, he's not. I think decision. he writes it. Do you think he? does? Mm. <laughs> You're just <laughs> well, talking do. that up. Um, but basically, when they have a specialist <laughs> subject, Clive needs to give you a little sort of potted biography yeah. of the person or the thing they're about to talk about and he thinks they're a bit obvious and i mean he did have one john lennon and did have to tell you who john lennon was. <laughs> no, no. i know. if you don't if you don't know who john lennon was you're not watching mastermind are you i wouldn't i think. call
2: it mastermind not the plumbers not the plumbers okay give us some examples of the ones clive did this weekend. and yeah, clive would say and your specialist subject and the uh, person they went morcombe and weiss yeah the life and work of one of Britain's best-loved comedy partnerships. Not the plumbers. Not the plumbers, <laughs> then. He has to say this, Andy. Yes, because not everybody knows in Walker and Wises, although most people do. I think they do. The Hollywood novels of Jackie Collins. OK. The best-selling British author series of five racy novels set in the glamorous world of Hollywood. So not a plumbing guide to the homes of Beverly Hills. <laughs> OK. <laughs> you make a lot of money as a plumber in Beverly Hills, I would imagine. What else? Uh Duran Duran. Oh, yeah. The chart-topping new-wave synth pop band formed in Birmingham and named after a character in psychedelic science fiction Barbarella. Barbarella. Yeah, that should be a
1: question so, in itself, not the it?
2: Birmingham-based plumbing partnership of the Durham brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Although Duran Duran would look good on the
1: side of a van. <laughs> yeah, I think no The idea of be... uh, Simon Le Bon saying, I'll go and get me rods. <laughs> uh, Is that it? You? No, no, go on, I've got Blimey. a lot of
2: them this week. Okay. Um, the the real-life events of The Great Escape... Oh, yeah. The famous breakout, later immortalised in film, of course, that's Clive's words, in which more than 200 prisoners of war tried to escape the Stalag Luft III camp in the Second World War. So not a burst pipe, then. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I wonder where you're going with that. Uh, this, one's, this one's ludicrous. Oscar-winning performances of the 1990s. Oscar-winning performances of the 1990s. The 1990s film performances for which the Best Actor and Actress Awards were awarded. Yes, Clive, the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> not okay. the plumbing industry awards, the rods. <laughs> I'll give you that one. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we, you we set idea.
1: you a specialist subject every okay. week to see how you'd fare if you were on there. Mm. Uh, this week it's the Cheltenham Festival. Actually, last Last week's Cheltenham Festival, the most recent uh, uh, racing festival, oh, the well known Gloucestershire course. So, are you ready, Andy? Your yes, time I'm starts as ready now. As I'll ever be. Honeysuckle won the Mayor's Hurdle on its mm. final appearance. Who was the jockey on board? Rachel Blackmore. Oh, well done. Who trains the champion hurdle winning Constitution Hill? Mm, Nichols. No, it was Nicky Henderson. Oh, Henderson. Who won the first race at the meeting, beating favourite Facil Vega? Oh, uh, I don't remember Marine National uh, Which horse You obviously weren't on it Which horse won the Gold Cup <laughs> Heroes welcome When it got back to Ireland I see in the papers Oh Which
2: horse won the Gold Cup That's a good yeah. question Because I wasn't on it either okay. uh, If you weren't on it
1: You don't really care Who, do you? who
2: won the Gold Cup um, only
1: got, They've only got A certain time limit Pass Okay It was uh, I'll have to come back to that uh, Which horse <laughs> finished second um, In that
2: race I don't know who won it. I'm not going to know who came
1: second. <laughs> OK, going to pass on that? Pass. Which horse uh, won the <laughs> Stayers Hurdle at odds of 33-1? to one? I uh, think you're on
2: that one, were not you? Not stay away Fay, no.
1: No, Cider Ballet. Mm. Who won the Ryanair chase on the Thursday, Envoy, Alan or Shishkin? Envoy Allen. That
2: no, was Shishkin.
1: Uh, what's the was name it? of the CEO thought, of the jockey I thought, I thought club that N-boy we interviewed? And I thought it won. No, no, it, 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 each it, way. Each it? way. That's how much right. money. Okay. What's the name of the CEO of the jockey club that we interviewed last week? And Nevin Truesdale. Oh, well done, Donna. Where's your Truesdale? <laughs> uh, what was the name of the security guard on the door of our studio? Looked after <laughs> us all
2: week. <laughs> Do you know? No, I never actually was told it, so yeah, you, uh, it's no memory loss yeah, there. You, you don't, you don't deal with, you don't deal with trade, do
0: you? Andy? I don't really deal you're with at the
2: it. top table.
1: No. It was our old mate Tom. It was his birthday. While oh, we were there. well done! And finally, Tom. what's the name of the pub we did the show from on the Monday? The Lansdown. Oh, well done! God, yeah, you remember the pub name. Fantastic. He passed on too. Uh, Galloping Deschamps was the winner of the Gold Cup. Oh, well, Second was, was Brave Mans game which harry cobden was on four out of ten not bad andy that passes <laughs> as a specialist subject for you i'd say
2: i know what can you do
1: so there we are a uh, more uh crackpot uh, andy jacobs not the plumbers then uh, mastermind material i have to get clive on one day and he'll say no it's nothing to do with me i just read it <laughs> he is a football fan i think
2: he's
0: no i think I he is we'll work on it we'll work on it the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talk Sport. We turn now to
1: uh, rugby and we are joined by the former Lions and Wales skipper, Sam Warburton. Hi, Sam.
3: Hi, lads. How are you doing? Yeah, we're not yeah, too good. bad.
1: Thank you. One of your old teachers has been in touch, Mr. Davis. Say hello, oh, really? to Say hello to Sam from your primary school. Say hello to Sam for me. What a sportsman. Rugby, cricket, football, athletics. He did the lot, he says. Mm.
3: Oh, he's doing me some favours there. I appreciate that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, you've been doing a bit of work with Asahi Superdrive, and you're around uh, the World Cup. We've seen a lot of players uh, in action in this recent Six Nations, and you've been putting your best players together.
3: Yeah, well, it's it's mad to be thinking of it, but Six Nations has just finished, and then World Cup, everyone's already turned their attention to World Cup, particularly with, with Ireland looking so good. And Could we have a... A Northern Hemisphere team to finally rival that of England in 2003 and potentially win a World Cup, and France obviously looking very strong with a home World Cup as well. But um, yeah, it's a big sort of a big sort of uh, exciting period coming ahead, and um, yeah, Asahi are one of the the official partners of the World Cup, so it's great to be working with those guys. It's hard to believe that I say only one hmm. Northern Hemisphere side. Of one at the
1: world cup and that was smart yeah england in the southern hemisphere mm. um, but this feels different doesn't it with um with wales and france looking so ireland. good uh, I'm uh, sorry sorry uh, yeah if only you're probably thinking if wales were that strong <laughs> ireland and france looking this good you do feel like
3: it's going to be happening again it's exciting that because France, signed, uh, they are ranked one and two in the world at the moment. And my goodness, in the Six Nations, they played like it on occasions as well. So I think Ireland are, are going to be, it's difficult because they, I say they're going to be front runners, but then the French will have home advantage. And as you can imagine, the French are at home for a World Cup is going to be absolutely bouncing at every single venue they're going to be at. And they've genuinely, both teams have got world-class players. And I think that, you know, I've never played against a French team or, or an Irish team as strong as the two that they've currently got at the moment. So I think we are genuinely looking at two teams who could who could win the World Cup. But saying this, it's very much out of sight, out of mind south africa new zealand australia sitting down south with no international fixtures at the moment they play in the summer in in our summer one of those is going to put a big performance in just to make everyone else realize hang on a second you know we haven't gone anywhere and we're going to be there thereabouts but yeah exciting times ahead do you think
1: home advantage does france a favor or do they does that bring extra pressure if you're kind of choosing between ireland and france
3: yeah it's a good one actually the question with this because um I find with home advantage as a, just, you know, from my own personal experience as a, an ex player, no no player that level finds it intimidating going to play away from home. And, and like when you play in France, that's actually the most hostile place you can play. You know, it's uh, it's very loud. It's much you know, rugby can be quite a jovial environment. Mm. Um, Maybe not when Scotland play England or Wales play England, but most of, for the most part, it's quite a friendly atmosphere, even though it's still loud and you play in front of big crowds. But what I find home advantage does is rather than – it doesn't put off the away team, but what it does, it, it lifts the home team massively. And France is certainly one of those teams who – It would absolutely feed off off the home crowd. And it almost sounds like a bit of a marketing ploy when players in rugby, we'd say 16th man, you know, it's 15-a-side game, obviously, but you say 16th man with the crowd, so I have an extra player. But I, I certainly think for the French, that is definitely the case. That's what I find home advantage does. It just gives the home team a massive... A massive boost away teams you know going away play away that doesn't bother you. you you can care less what's going to happen no one's going to physically abuse you you know there's there's nothing from it you know you, you love those environments they're mm. awesome to play in and when you make it quiet they're often the best ones they're often the best ones. you your when you go away from home and you make a, a stadium silent that, that's an amazing feeling you know it sounds quite strange to say but I think it just lifts the home team massively so the French will certainly have a massive advantage being at home having such a, a hostile passionate crowd yeah
2: We've seen Freddie Stewart's uh, red card rescinded today. And yeah. what do you make of all this thing going on with the tackles? And is it going to impact the World Cup?
3: Yeah, you know this sort of news has started breaching the borders of rugby. You know, obviously in rugby, there's a massive player welfare issue at the minute. And even people who aren't really rugby fans are hearing about how the game is being refereed, you know, really strict on head contacts. When I played five, six years ago, it was coming in 10 years ago. There were a lot of head contacts in games because a lot of them, are, they weren't intentional. They were accidental. Um, and it just happens. You know, they're called sort of rugby incidents now, but those get red carded a lot. My first thought was it was never a red card. Um, but then you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, if you're a referee. The mm. referee was a top class ref. He is looking at this as if he didn't red card him, there's going to be a lot of players who've come out with dementia, um, who've struggled who struggled with Um, the the mental aspect of their health from head collisions. They're going to say, why is that not punished? It's a head contact that needs to be punished. And there's a lot of people in the camp saying, well, that's a rugby collision. What can he do? There's literally nothing he can do. I was in the camp of it was a rugby collision and he had very little time to react. And it was just one of those unfortunate situations. And I think a yellow card, they come out and said, now a yellow card is right. I think that that would have been the right call. Interesting rugby now they're trialing in the Southern Hemisphere that – if it's seen, if you think it's going to be a red card, they'll give it a yellow. And while that player is off for ten minutes having a yellow card, and uh, the, the, the match officials can, ind- not on the pitch now, can independently review it, and they can decide whether it's upgraded to a red or whether it stays as a yellow. In which case, that player would return. If that was the case, Freddie, Freddie Stewart probably would have gone off with a yellow. They would have said, "Yeah, no, it's actually let's keep it as a yellow. Don't upgrade it to a red," and he would have come back on the pitch. So I think that that's quite a good law, subtle law change that could um, probably help us from having these situations again.
1: Just a quick one on the football. Let me... Uh, you are a long-suffering Spurs fan. We've got a reset just around the corner once again. Um, I just Uh, wonder, as a a former professional sportsman, if if Warren Gatland came into the dressing room after a game and said nothing to any of the players, then went into the press conference
3: and absolutely slaughtered (laughs) all of them, how do you think you'd feel? (laughs) Ah, you know Tottenham fans, they give us a glimmer of hope and then we naively think we're going to do something and then we have a, a humbling defeat, or in this case do you know what somebody said to me the other day they said what do you think of that Conte interview I said I liked it actually <laughs> I'm I'm getting I'm beginning as a Spurs fan to get fed up with this um, it seems too comfortable there mm. it seems too comfortable I, I think you, you chat to all the people in top environments it's it's challenging um, you know people are really wanting to bring the best out of each other it seems like something's not right there and we can only hazard a guess, you know, we're not behind the doors of the changing room, the team meetings on the pitch. We can only hazard a guess, but I I think Conte has gone in there. He's not had the support he wanted. There's probably some players there who he's not seeing what he wants to see from a determination perspective. And I, I I can understand it. I can understand his frustration. And um, I'm actually glad he came out and said that. I think he's probably been holding that back for quite some time. Um, and I don't think the, the players are probably going to probably challenge them on that because deep down, you know, I've been involved, and I say that because I've been in rugby environments where I know I'm like, this is too comfortable. Mm-hmm. There's players who are just floating along. You know, are they? I look, look around the room, are you all really aspiring to be the single best player in your position in the world right now? And if you're not, then like that, that's not the standards that you should be, That that's not acceptable. You know, not if you want to be a a premiership winning team you know so he's obviously seen standards that he thinks is not worthy of a a premiership winning team an fa cup winning team you know anything mm. league cup br- bring back yeah. into toto i'll take anything like, <laughs> you're, you're Tottenham fans. but yeah he's obviously seen standards that aren't acceptable and i actually people might think it's harsh i actually quite like quite like what i saw actually that's interesting, mm. interesting.
1: well look interesting uh, sam lovely to talk to you as always um and uh, thanks very much for joining us and uh, we'll catch up with you soon
3: Thanks, Laz. I always listen to you boys on my car journey, so keep doing what you're doing, and uh, thanks for having me on. All the, the best. Show. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate that. Uh, Sam Warburton there, former Wales
1: and Lions uh, skipper. Interesting take on uh, mm. Tottenham. I wasn't necessarily expecting that, but I mean, look, I, I think you'll find an awful lot of Tottenham fans agreed with aspects of what Conte said. Uh, not all of it, but certain aspects of I it. I think like the, they were.
2: the thing that annoyed me was none of it was his fault. Yeah, none of it was
1: his fault. And of course, the hypocrisy of the fact that he won't Mm. sign a new contract. And if you're asking for heart and commitment from players and Mm. you know you're off in the summer, that makes it all the more difficult. But interesting from Sam there, you know, it has got a bit comfortable. Too many players have been there for too long. So Mm. maybe a bit more churn is needed. We shall
0: see. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast.
1: Terry, the Chelsea fan, in light of our chat about the eighty-three, eighty-four season with Nigel Spackman and Mark, the author, one of the co-authors of the book, mm-hmm. said, "I've got Pat Nevin's shorts from the last game of the season when we beat Leeds 5 0 and that was he said that was 82 a good thing you know the add. days when players would throw their shorts into yeah, the crowd. Yeah, I a, mean, those shorts Italian. that
2: came from Italy. Though, yeah, like I
1: mean, your That's shorts right. were short enough in that era. They all were, but that was the other thing about that kit; they were quite.
2: Ken Bates would have charged, didn't they, for, for, for a new pair of shorts?" Pat. Want the money back, <clears throat> yeah. That's true. Anything else you want to talk about, Andy? Uh, yes. What do we got here? <laughs> some of these letters. This bloke's written to the Daily Star. Yeah. He says, what's happening with the yeah, BBC? You seem to have
1: much higher expectations of what a letter to the Daily Star... in. I mean, were you expecting it to be some sort of essay?
2: Yes, very much. <laughs> OK, fair enough. OK. At uh, first it was Lineker and his useless mates getting their jobs back. Now it's reported that Boris Becker, who did time in jail for breaking his bankruptcy terms, is coming back to the Beeb. If this happens, I, for one, will be not be watching the BBC again again or paying my license fee i bet you do though yeah <laughs> you will probably won't pay your fee but you will watch him yeah i'm sure
1: he certainly will yes the, the, the duke
2: else? of kent he was um is he coming in Well, here he is good afternoon sir uh, he was the, the patron of some he attended the grange road service was the first or second service he wasn't sure no okay, nice
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the point being is that, a bit that of tennis. He,
2: he spends a lot of time at wimbledon and loves tennis <laughs> as you've probably gathered by now something like that anything else not really. No. Well, it's international week, you know. It's a bit quite quiet, quiet on the international been, really, front. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You looking forward to the game? Uh, tomorrow, yeah.
1: Italy is. Mean, it, it, well, Italy is a
2: good game. It's yeah. a hard game for England. It's always difficult. So, you know, if it, it's uh, I can't see England going there and winning. I mean, maybe a draw would be a decent result.
1: I've never been to Naples, have you? Have you yeah, ever had the a, pleasure? I've a a quite fancied entity. it. It's
2: quite a lively place. Not a great place for English football fans to go. Let's be honest. No, I think. Uh, in,
1: uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Adrian was talking about that on Mm. Jim and Simon's show a little bit earlier on, talking about the fact that it's there and it does bring a bit of heightened security. It's Mm. been a long time since I've had a game there and uh, often sort of overseas, uh, Herbert's ultras want to sort of prove themselves against English football fans, even Mm. though not all those English football fans want to get involved in any of that sort of stuff. They just want to go and see a football match. Yeah, absolutely. But a certain reputation from the past comes with them, so they want to prove themselves. They should be happy
2: because Napoli are doing so well, and uh, you know it's, it's yeah. the best period since Maradona. So anyway. yeah, well it, I mean, if if they, it's,
1: I think they only need three more wins, don't they? Oh, they going to They're definitely going to oh, win. Oh yeah, but I, I, mean, I, I
2: think they've got a good shout in the Champions League as well. Yeah,
1: we were just okay. chatting when we off there to uh, to Nigel Spackman about Osimen and and how much demand there's going to be for him. Mm. I mean, if, if Chelsea could get him, but, right. I mean, there's going to be a lot of clubs interested in Manchester United. Uh, you know, I'm not you know, sure they so.
2: can. I mean, they spent a lot of money already. So, you know, and eventually, you, you have to start A, you have to start selling players. Which they're going to
1: do
0: anyway. Well, they're
2: going to do, but it's hard. You all know it's hard to get rid of players. You know, the, the, the academy ones, are, of course, are pure profit, so it's more tempting to sell them. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, the likes of Sterling, who you might think hasn't been a great success, you might want to get rid of him. Difficult. Uh, Mounts so off
1: to Liverpool, you think?
2: Well, I don't know that, but, but you, it looks, it's looking that way. Yeah. That's
1: the most likely home mm-hmm. for him.
2: Yep. We'll We're all see.
1: bracing ourselves for uh, all football fans. will certainly, I'm bracing myself for a, uh, a big goodbye this uh, summer. I think we all can all guess who I'm talking yeah, about. Maybe.
2: I mean, it, again, you know, if United get Osman, they wouldn't want Kane. And I can't see Harry Kane going abroad. I just can't. But you, who knows? You know, yeah. Maybe Are you suggesting he's not
1: urbane and cosmopolitan? I just think he loves his home... Doesn't like foreign I food?
2: A, I, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying Doesn't a, like the sun, it's, it's too no, hot. He's a home bird, Is would be my guess. Have you got no absolutely no evidence of that at all? You just get that sense of, of somebody who... He loves his home He's life. He's a home bird. Don't you get that sense with him? Otherwise, he'd yeah. have left. I think he would have left already if he was, you know, yeah. if he was like truly internationally ambitious. Why would he still be at Tottenham? I think he really? was desperate for it to happen at Tottenham, but
1: I think you know yeah. they've tried every experiment, haven't they, in his years there, and nothing's quite come off. You know, you got you got to keep believing in the next big thing, and it's whether he can buy into that. That's the thing. He'd need to know who the next manager's going to be. Um, yeah. And, after what happened the last time, that old summer of Find Somebody and then just happened upon Nuna. And what a startling success that was.
0: The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Well, there we are. That
1: was uh, this afternoon's show in a nutshell. Um, I'll be back with Charlie. to do it all again tomorrow. And the birthday spread returns. Oh, yeah. Which I won last week, didn't I? I got back in the saddle or my no, man. I man. You did. Yeah, you well, beat, last week, no, week you beat Charlie the week before, yeah. Week before, yeah. that's right, yeah. So... Uh, Do hope you can join us uh, from one. If not, the podcast, as always, will be available at four.
0: Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and 4 p.m. on Talk Sport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more